November 20th, 2022. We're continuing in Mesilat Yesharimoyim Perek He at the paragraph that begins with Vitir'e. If you recall, Mesilat Yesharim has been talking about uh, throughout several Perakim, Midata Zehirut. And in this specific Perak, he's talking about this uh, attribute of vigilance, but the Mafsidim, the ways and uh, natures of the world that keep us away from being properly vigilant, having the proper zehirut. And what he's in the midst of talking, he talked about threes. In the second one, uh, he had been describing for us shok and lason, uh, derision, a way of looking at uh, matters of truth and emptying them of truth, seeing situations of hova and imagining it instead as a situation of petur. It's not so much a letz, which we uh, generally associate with a letzan, of a, a clown of some sort, it makes you laugh, but rather, as we mentioned from the Midrash, Amalek is even referred to as Letz. Why are they referred to as Letz? Because the vision of the Hachamim is that Amalek takes matters of truth, of seriousness, and empties it. That could, and oftentimes is, uh, the greatest inhibitor for our growth. I mentioned it in the classroom setting. It takes one student to laugh at the class, but not even to laugh, uh, to describe the class as being something that's not worth our time, uh, to describe the person who's teaching it as uh, being someone who's not worth our time, doesn't need to talk about the actual content, and doesn't need to consistently do so. One act of that sort, I've seen it too many times, everything falls away. Because the moment that's injected, the moment that's accepted, that latzon, that sehok, has a way of diminishing any zehirut, any seriousness you would have wanted to bring to the endeavor to life. Says Mesilat Yesharim v'tir'eh, koshi halason v'hashhatato harabba, ki kemo hamagen hamashuach b'shem, and asha yashmit v'yapil me'alav ha'chitzim, this is the same way a shield, which is mashuach b'shemen, it's, uh, it's anointed with oil, so that if you shoot at the uh, shield, uh, the oil and the shield will have a way of just making the uh, arrows and anything that's thrown or shot at the person just fall away. That's his analogy to, uh, to lason, a person who's even accepting or listening to Musar and Tocheha and Mardut is uh, in the context of maybe the proper people, maybe even the proper atmosphere. They're hearing the right things, they're uh, surrounded by the right people in the right context, but at the same time they have either a deep-seated or at the very least they're continuously uh, uh, um, uh, deriding anything of serious nature, oh, it becomes like that shield, which is mashuach bashem, and anything proper that's thrown at them just falls away. Ki baletzanut ehad ubishok katan yapil ha'adam me'alav ribui gadol min ha'hitorerut va'hitpa'alut mashalev mit'orer umitpa'il be'atzmo midere oto shom'o it just takes one small shok, one simple letzanut to move away, to throw down any serious matters that could and should be affecting the person. I remember once hearing from one of my rabbis that in Europe when there was this rise of maskilim, now this is later, this is in the uh, 1940s or 1930s, when it's already strong in terms of uh, taking people away from uh, religious lifestyle and focusing them instead on matters of less essence, um, not, not, not with regards to making ourselves uh, more knowledgeable, but in the ex- to the extent that takes us away from a uh, commitment and dedication to Torah and Mitzvot, 
told me how in the yeshivot, he told me how he heard from one of his rabbis, then several of the yeshivot, they would sometimes designate one of the more sharp and shrewd students to go to conventions, to go to areas where they were discussing these matters so that they could get up. And if they were sharp enough, they would provide the letzanut and the sechok to the extent that if done properly, you brought down the whole convention, you uh, knocked out the whole symposium. Uh, but for what reason? Uh, everyone there is gathered with serious matters in mind, and it might even be certain issues of emet, but just one matter of letzanut, one mention of sechok, if done properly, Again, we all know it from the world of cynicism. If a person is cynical in a context that's serious, even if everyone surrounding them has the proper mindset, even though each of them came with the intention to do right, it takes one comment of cynicism, which need not even be all that funny, but at the very least has a way of taking away from it hayivut, has a way of dimin- diminishing from the amituta inyan, it's not because your mind and heart is weak, it's not because you're not understanding or perceiving, it's because now you have that cancerous uh, um, inclusion and, uh, and, and, and aspect of letzanut, of it's because of that which 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 destructs, tears down any structures of proper tochecha musar zehirut. Continues Mesilat Yesharim. He says uh, this is not something which is novel to his time. It's not something new to us. That's an expression the Hachamim have, um, in which uh, a person is really screaming about something. Kruchya is a type of bird, maybe a stalk of some sort, as a way of uh, making its voice heard um, far and, and near in a loud way. So Yeshaya, he said, uh, screamed about this. Good morning, this is it over there. Says realized and was understanding that as, as steadfast as he was to rebuke the people, as careful as he was with his words, as passionate as he was in his approach, uh, what would move the people away from his Musar was their letzanut, was their sechok, v'hayam me'abetik v'atam shalachotim. V'hu ma she'amar, he cites a pasuk from Yeshaya, v'ata al titlosasu, please make certain that there's no letzanut, pen yechzeku mosrechem, mosrechem ilashon yisurim, by doing so, your pain, your suffering will only be uh, strengthened. It'll only become stronger with regards to the way um, that you're reacting to the world. And Mesilat Yesharim, in just a moment, will explain uh, the midah keneget midah over here, or the appropriateness of Yisurin. We sometimes get lost in this sort of vision. Well, punishment must be suffering. For what reason? So his suggestion will be, well, there are different mechanisms. There's different modes to changing yourself. You can listen to people. You can observe the world. You can study Torah, and that can inspire you. You can have hitbon enut. If none of that is effective, kivyachol, HaKadosh Baruch Hu turns to 
you and turns to your essence or your own inner essence has a way of inspiring from something else. I mean, if there's nothing else affecting you, a little bit of pain always, or a lot of bit of pain, always opens the mind and heart to greater growth. So the idea over here of Yeshaya, in which his statement is, is not so much a threat, this will be a punishment. This will be the inspiration. If you're not listening to my words of Musar, the only way that you will be affected, the only way something will change is, through the loss of something, maybe through the Hordan HaMikdash, through your own bodily pain and suffering, because that has a way of awakening us. Harambam, we say it all the time at the beginning of Hilkot describes people who are callous, people who can't think properly, because even during times of sorrow, cannot and will not open their eyes to reality in terms of what's deficient in their own lives. That's what underlies ta'ani. Ta'ani means taking away so that I open up my own mind, so that my body is affecting my thoughts and passions. He cites twice in this paragraph from the Gemara in Avodah Zaran Dafiot Chet, Shehaletz Mevi Hayisurin Anav. How do you like that wording? In other words, it's not so much a description of a punishment which Borei Olam levels upon them, it's that you brought it upon yourself. If you've covered yourself, if you've created this protective membrane, the only way to remove it is through entering inward. Punishments um, should be uh, prepared, are prepared for the letzim. This is what I was referring to. He says this is a logical reality with regards to the judgment of the human being. A person who is able to be they're able to awaken their senses and their sensibilities because by looking into matters, by being mindful and sensitive to the world around them, to the texts in front of them, to the words spoken to them. What? It's not a punishment so it's much reality, as it's a reality. It's a reality there are different types of punishments. A punishment could just be you've done wrong and here's what's necessary in place of your doing wrong. This is more reality to inspire. And maybe you envision all punishments as such. Maybe they are. Uh, but but this one at the very least is is, is very much bedin is the way he describes. It. Again, it brings us back to that Gemara and Masechet Berachot and Daf. What is it? Daf Zayin and Masechet Daf Het Daf Vav Daf Zayin Masechet Berachot, which describes the way to inspire yourself. So Mishahash Berosho. How do they deal with it? Yikra Kiriyat Shema. What if uh, did so and it didn't affect him? I should start, you should be, mef- oh, sorry, first is Mephashpesh B'ma'asav. You looked into your matters, you weren't able to inspire yourself. So then Kiriyat Shema, then Talmud Torah, and then Yaskir Lo Yom Hamita. Yom Hamita, thinking about the day of death, is an overwhelming experience. If you're doing that in a real way, it could bring to depression, it could bring to all sorts of difficulty. That's a last case scenario. If you haven't been able to inspire yourself uh, until then, uh, so that's what you're left with. So he's describing it uh, by means of uh, physical uh, suffering. You could have, and uh, you could have uh, psychological suffering as well. What I'm saying is, Ralph, that could be brought upon yourself in that circumstance. To a certain extent, you're bringing this upon yourself is the way he's articulating it as well. Yes, I could still call it a punishment, but I don't want it to be the punishment in the standard way. You learned from this not to do it again. It's that it it, it inspired you. It it opened you up. 
to reality, החלטים שאינם מתפעלים מן התוכחות מפני כוח לסענותם, אין להם תיקון אלא השפעתים, שאלה לא יהיה כוח בלסענותם, לדחותם מעליהם כאשר ידחו המוסרים. The only way that uh, they'll be able to inspire themselves, a let, a person uh, involved with שחוק, is through those יסורים. והנה, כפי חומר החטא ותולדותיו, החמיר השופט האמיתי בעונשו. It says, based on uh, the wrongfulness, so too, of course, is the punishment. The description is that if the letzanut is so strong upon you, it might bring to an ultimate kala. Kala, of course, is annihilation, is uh, ultimate demise. The description is such that if you haven't been able to become inspired in your life, well, that'll bring you to the end of life. How are you not growing in this life? More pain, more suffering. Perhaps this will open your eyes. Maybe now you'll be inspired as slowly and steadily, or maybe even quickly and swiftly. The description is that the more you move yourself away from reality, the more reality will be thrust upon you. All right, that's the second. Go ahead. The more you move yourself away from self-inspiration, the more it will be placed upon you externally through Yisurim. Misilad Yisharim now detailed two mafsidim. He gets to his third of these mafsidim. Again, detriments, deterrence rather, from the midah of Zehirut. He says, mafsid ha-shilishi hu ha The last is the group, the involvement you have with other people, your social involvement, social engagements. That can and will be a deterrent with regards to peer pressure, with regards to um, social realities which are detrimental to taking you away from zihirut. People who involve themselves with silly others and sinful others. A person who's involved with, uh, so to speak, shepherding, kisilim, foolish people, Yeroa, they'll become ra, they'll become re'u'a. The difference between the word ra and tob, oftentimes in Hebrew, is the difference between someone who can fulfill completely and a person who will fall short. If you're dealing with the Gemara in several places, it talks about a kotil re'u'a. Re'u'a means it's shaky, it's not steady. And that's what you're dealing with with ra, the shorish of ra, that's something that's bad, so to speak. Tob, you have, for example, hatabata nerot, when you prepare candles in the mikdash with the menorah and elsewhere, that's preparing it so that it's successful. You have it in biriyat haolam, bayar Elohim kitob. We sometimes translate that in a simple fashion. God saw it was good. The goodfulness or the goodness of it is the fact that it was complete. So his description then is you're on a path, you're seeking, you're searching. But you won't be able to come to the end of that journey. You won't be able to have a tob if you're involved with kisilim. And that's, that is a, very much a reality that we can relate to and understand in life. You're working on something internally, individually, but can't see it to fruition because of social norms, because of atmospheres that you've uh, given into, and as a result, can't capitalize on what you've been searching for and striving for. That's how he's articulating it. Even after a person, again, 
this is not an initial inhibitor. This is even after a person has put themselves on the proper path. You'll become lazy from fulfilling it. Or you'll specifically do so that others won't mock you or that you can be more uh, involved in their group and, uh, and have a, uh, a social easiness which is uh, befitting of what you, uh, what you want and, and in turn will alter your actions. Listen, the Gemara in Masechet Sanhedrin and Daf Kofiod, we didn't learn it too long ago, describes how Korach and On Ben Pelet, Korach and On Ben Pelet, who were two people involved in that initial uprising, Parashat Korach, uh, took different paths. On Ben Pelet's name is mentioned at the very beginning of Parashat Korach as part of the people, part of the Benere Uven, who were going to rebel against Moshe, but then On Ben Pelet uh, disappears from the scene. And the Gemara describes it as being the acts of each of their wives. <coughs> And oftentimes, in the words of the Hach, I mean, you have to pay attention to what, they, what they're hinting at behind the scenes. It's not only about the spouse, but it is about the spouse. It's also about what a female and male represents in the Hachamim's worldview, and really in the philosophers of old worldview. Women are representative, or Nikkevah, so say the female represents Homer, whereas the male represents Surah. The difference between Homer, which means matter, and Surah, which means form, is the difference between someone who possesses potential and in turn uh, the way it's crafted and uh, set forth. So when you're dealing with that coarse and baseline um, potential which is there, you're dealing with the uh, feminine in that respect. So here it is, what are the beginning stages of a person's direction before they can inject themselves into fashioning their life? So the Gemara describes it as emanating from their wives' uh, advice. Before I talk about their wives' advice, think about the way the Torah describes Korah, who he was. The very first pasuk in Parashat Korah starts with the words, Vaikah Korah. Uh, generally uh, tr- translated as he brought together, maybe he speaks to others, but Korach is very much a social animal. Korach is vayakilu, and he's makileta'am, time and again, he's always looking to the other to help him in his cause. That's what Korach is. Korach's vision and his ability to capitalize on his vision, we're going to do this as a group. Says the Gemara, in line with this sort of thought, says his wife turned to him and said to him, you know the problem, Korach? You want to understand what's happening? Moshe... He has his own self in, uh, in mind. And as a result, he has all of you and your brothers, the Levim, shaving your heads. The reason you're shaving your heads is because he wants to take control of you. You're losing any of your self-dignity. You're losing any of your ability. Uh, she looks at him and says, you understand what's happening over here, Korah? The social atmosphere is driving, is pulling you in. His, his, the negation of that is to try to gather people around him. What's the idea of the hair in that context? The hair is the individuality. I know I, I lack some of it, but when people have hair, people are able to craft their hair. People are able to show, and not only in terms of their bodily physique and the clothing they put on, but their own body with hair. You have different hairstyles. You have different hairs. Each one going in a different way. That's nuance. So Yosef certainly is involved in his hair, according to the Torah, according to the Hachamim as well, but that's the hair of his wife. Of course, he turns to his wife and says, but Moshe Rabbeinu wants it as well. His wife's respect, he's shaving his head as well. She says, sure, he has the mindset of someone like uh, of someone like Shimshon, Tamut Nafshim, Pelishtim, I'm going to go down with them. Because he's willing to give up of his own individuality in order to capitalize on taking over for all of you. 
description of the Gemara more than anything with regards to the wife of Korah is how the atmosphere, how the social pressures, how what's being said could take down what is potentially, potentially, because that's the Hachamim are leaving open Korah, some, someone and something that could be done positively. After all, if you do analyze what his claims were, take away any of the pride, take away any, any of that gava. He's looking for a certain involvement of everyone. There's positive to that, but he's drawn in. It's the atmosphere. It's the it's it's the bene adam who surround him, who bring him down. Whereas on ben pale, it's quite the opposite. His wife drives him out of that. His wife, who places him inside the tent, away from the people, places herself outside, and she, ironically, exposes her hair, say the hachamim, exposing her hair and saying, he can stand out. We have a certain sense of individuality. We can, and everybody stay away from my, my husband. Look, I'm exposing my hair to you. Of course, that's a vision and a description of a person who's standing out and showing that individuality. It's the difference between, again, a Korah rebellion and an Onben Pelet um, uh, uh, turning back and uh, uh, siding away from this involvement. It's a social atmosphere which does in so many people. It's a society, it's a hevra, it's a community, it's families, which oftentimes if we don't have a way of overcoming, even internally, have a way of taking us down. That's the description of Mesilat Yisharim. He's not quoting from Midrash Hachamim. He's not describing Pesukim and Torah Nevim Ketubim. He's talking about real life. We see many times Afilu Ahashinit Ammet Esel HaAdam Chovat HaAvodah VeHazihirut Ba Yitrapeh a person will leave that path you see it when people young men and women are at formative stages but you see it throughout people's lives People can't remove themselves from social atmospheres they've placed themselves in or find themselves a part of to the extent that when they're searching and seeking for growth, they can't do it because they're taken down. The Pasuk says in Mishle, from those who are turning away and changing, don't involve yourself. But why not? Because that involvement will have the capacity of diminishment. It's the story of Lot as well, is it not? Lot sees and realizes that for himself, he needs to be surrounded by people. Abraham's inviting in the people. Lot wants to settle down in an atmosphere, in a society of people. But he's got the right vision. He's Yoshev B'Sha'ar Ha'ir. He is the judge. He does see and seek justice and righteousness. But he can't do so because ultimately speaking, it's a warped justice and righteousness giving his daughters over. Where'd that come from? In my mind, there's only one answer. It's the people he's surrounded by. The Torah in, the Torah in, uh, in, uh, gives us that as a hint. The Torah says, as he settles down there, you get that vision already before you see anything else in Lot's life. The Torah is, giving, is foreshadowing. This is not going to be good. It can't be good. He's surrounded by people who will bring him down as much positive as he might want to bring into it. Any involvement will be a detrimental one. Perhaps someone will make the claim, maybe the Lot claim, every person should be involved with people. You don't want to be a hermit. You're not supposed to be secluded from society. You should respond. When is that 
עצו בבני אדם שעושים מעשי אדם, אך לא בבני אדם שעושים מעשה בהמה יקוד, and perhaps should answer, that's with human beings, not with human beings who are acting like animals. Of course, that's a little bit, that's a little bit debasing the people, but the action that we're describing, the mindset that might be uh, uh, being spread in such groups, uh, might, might be, uh, when honest with ourselves, מעשה בהמה. ושלמה מזהיר עוד, לך מנגד לאיש כסיל, you should distance yourself from an איש כסיל, from a foolish person. ודוד המלך אמר, and the פסוקים at the very beginning of תהילים, we might, it's the first פסוק, we might all be familiar with this, אשרי האיש. שלא הלך בעשת רשעים, דרך חטאים לא עמד, ומשאב לעצים לא ישב. הדסקריפשן is one by one, it's a several fold description of moving yourself away from the wrong group. And the Gemara in Masechet Avod Azara, which we referenced earlier, says, but pay attention to the Pasuk. Pasuk starts with not walking with Asat Rishayim. And then it talks about not standing with the Dere Hatayim. And lastly, it's Moshav Letzim Lo Yashav, not sitting with them. One thing leads to the next. It's just a walk. And then it's just standing. And ultimately speaking, it's sitting. Im Halach, Sofo Da'amod, says the Gemara. Im Amad, Sofo Leshev, Ve'omer. And then David himself, exclaims, Lo yashavti imeteshav, I didn't stand, I didn't sit at any point with those who are involved with shav, those who are involved with with nothingness. Saneti kehal mere'im, I hated, I made certain to distance myself from from assemblies of mere'im, of those doing wrong. Enlo la'adam el letahev lenakot be'atzmo v'limnoa rachla midarkei ha'amon ha'shikorim be'havleh ha'zeman We've seen that word already more than once in, in Ramchal, you know, from Harambam, V'yashiv raglav el chasrot Adonai ve'el mishkenotav, hu shedavid atzmo mesayim ve'omer, erhatz benikayon kapai va'asoveva et mizbachacha Adonai. David paints himself in contrast with regards to his walk through life. His walk is that surrounding of mizbeach. It's the atmosphere, it's the social pressures, it's the community of people we associate with, which could, among two other things, be very detrimental to our self-growth. We all know it, we're all familiar with it. The question is if we're careful about it. It's never simple. It's, uh, it's, it's a lonely feeling, uh, having yourself uh, placed separately. It need not always be in the physical sense. It could be just with regards to your self-constraint and self-restraint. But oftentimes, the uh, pressures in, in social circumstances, um, the, uh, the communal pulls, the societal urges, are, are overwhelming to the extent that, as Mesilat Yesharim described, you can be on a path to, do, to doing something proper. You can literally be continuously striding on that path, but it's a derech ra'a, returning to our description of those words from earlier, because something that's ra means it won't come to completion. Uh, but I'm, I'm walking straight, and I'm studying appropriately, and I'm involved with mindset and ways to life, but it won't be complete because you'll be inhibited at all times. If it were to happen that you're involved with and you find yourself in a circumstance around people who are mali'igim, who are mocking, don't be set down. Instead, perhaps in some circumstances it's appropriate to stand up to them and to put them down. Sometimes the uh, counterclaim, sometimes, is, is, is necessary. I have in the notes on the side of this, sites from Ramah, Rabbi Moshe Yisrael, in Saif Aleph, to Shohan Aruch, Siman Aleph, uh, 
Eddie, soon to be, his words are, It's when Ramah, the onset of the book, is giving Musar, is giving proper, don't have busha, there shouldn't be shame, shouldn't be embarrassment from the people who are putting you down. It's not always to say that it should start a fight, but oftentimes there needs to be a response. If there's not a response, you continuously are stagnated through that the proper mindset go ahead he says don't say it he says think in your head not mm. to the, the word yourself. is yeah, no then he says so there's oh, a f- further mindset at least that's my understanding of it it's not to listen uh, it's cited on the side over here it says in context of apikorsut there you need to be putting it down you're right the general perspective as Rama has it just uh, don't but there are circumstances where for yourself of course for others there needs to be a response you can you can, but sometimes the danger is not worth the uh, not worth the sakhar and the zechut. Uh, the danger of because of the the lag and the, uh, you'll you'll be brought down. Uh, so so the response is a necessary response, not so much for your honor, more for your for your ideals, for your values. If a person wanted to make a lot of money. Would they turn away from it because others are making fun of them? I mean, you know, that's, uh, most recently I saw this take place in front of my... Listen, it didn't work out well in, in the scheme of things, but I remember people at the very beginning of cryptocurrency, some talking about it, others making fun of it. There's no chance. Uh, the ones who did it and did it successfully made a lot of money because they didn't pay attention to all the people like me who were making fun of it. The people who didn't get involved at all in that context, all right, so we didn't make anything. But the people who got involved, uh, even as others were scorning, even as others were laughing, sometimes made out properly if they did it appropriately. That's with regards to money. You're going to lose your, your soul because of lag, because someone's putting you down, because someone's making fun of it. You should be fierce like a namer, what's a namer, leopard, and you should have that fierceness to you, tiger? Leopard, okay. You should have that fierce minumar, I mean spotted. I think a leopard is spotted, right? So you should have that fierceness. I'll remind you that the Gemara in Beitza and Dafkafhe describes the Caleb, describes the dog as being az. It has a certain azut. We in turn linked that last week uh, to Amalek, who have that azut as well. How could it be? If azut is the way of a dog, the way of amalek, why are we supposed to have that in counteracting it? That's the heve az kaname. It need not be, I think Misilat Yesharim is hinting to us, it doesn't need to be your general disposition and approach to matters, that fierceness. That could be a negative approach. But when it's in face of the azut, which comes negatively to, to, to detract from you, then you need to turn on that azut, which lays dormant, which could and will lay dormant. Any attribute, whether positive or negative, lays dormant. To be able to utilize a, a attribute which appears to be negative and turn it into something positive, that's a large part of Avodah. Just a week or two ago, we cited it, Misilat Yesharim, from a well-known Midrash. If you recall, the Midrash said it was Misilat Yesharim in our Perek. At the beginning of Perek, he was talking about how Torah could be 
and should be perhaps the first uh, first way of dealing with zihirut. And the midrash was it's in uh, it's in echarabati and echarabah halevayoti azevu v'torati shamaru. If only they abandoned me but kept my Torah. Crazy statement. Shehamaor sheba mahaziran namutav because the light in it will bring them back to doing good. That's the Torah, so to speak without the vision of God. There is, if you look at the Mefarshim to the Midrash over there, there's a different Nosach, there's a different Girsah to that Midrash. Instead of Maor, the, the, the Mem is switched with Sin. What's Saor? Saor, of course, is a reference to like Hametz type of stuff. Saor Sheba. Saor? Saor? Seor? Uh, what sort of, what's Seor? Seor, we know again from the Torah, it's a leavening agent, a way of Hamet. The description of several of the Mefarshim, Matenot, Kehuna, and others on the Midrash goes as follows, that even the Shelolishma, even the detrimental attribute, attributes and aspects of life, the Seor, we say uh, in the Gemara, in Berachot and Daf Yodzain, we'd love to do, <coughs> we'd love to do your will, God, but the Seor Sheba Isa is uh, suppressing our will. We're getting lazy, we're getting carried away from the ways of this world, from the rising dough in our lives. Uh, the description then is if you can take Yezir Hara and transform it and direct it in the positive, in the direction of, of connectedness, well then you're doing something significant. So you're studying Torah without the vision of God, that even could be positive, says the Midrash. Shah Seor Sheba, the Saor, which is a part of it, the leavening agent which usually takes away, who turns into Hamid. It also has the potential to bring you to Akadosh Baruch Hu. I mentioned that over here because the Azut, we're supposed to look at Azut as negative, as the way of Amalek. Sometimes, oftentimes, in the context of something that's suppressing you, uh, it's necessary to turn on that Azut. But it looks like it's the wrong thing. It'll maybe become too much a part of you if it's confined to its proper quarters. If you're using Azut as a way of warding, of, of warding away anything that could be inappropriately affecting you, it's necessary. I'll speak about your Edot HaKadosh Baruch Hu the Edot HaKadosh Baruch Hu is his Torah Neged Melachim in the context and, and while speaking to other kings there's no shame there's no bashfulness even though the ways of kings generally speaking is about self-honor and greatness and David was also a king if David enters into the fray of other kings, he's at a king assembly, and what's he talking about? Torah, while well, they're talking about their riches, their their ways of life, and their successes, and that could be uh, that could be the basing. It could put David down to the extent that. Uh, he loses his self-honor. David was undeterred. He had uh, grasped, he had uh, achieved emet, and he was willing to and did speak about it, uh, even in the context of people who uh, in a social atmosphere would be looking uh, scant at him for doing so. I'll consent if I make a halamish I made my face 
like a halamish, like a strong stone, and rak va'eda, and in turn I know, ki lo evosh, the description then, the concluding paragraph of Mesilat Yisharim here in Pereke, and from this we move on to the Midah of Zerizut, from Zihirut to Zihirut, uh, from Zihirut to Zerizut, as, uh, uh, as the Beraita does in Masechet um, Avodah Zarah, but the concluding paragraph is for us, that reminder of uh, the importance, the vigilance, so to speak, in order to achieve vigilance of surrounding ourselves in the proper context, proper atmosphere, and the appropriate people. Baruch Amen. Amen. Amen.